What is up and welcome back or welcome to the Man Child Podcast, the podcast about struggling well. What does that mean? Look, here's the deal. Things are hard. It's going to be hard no matter what. Are you struggling at the things you want to be struggling at? Are you living out your life the way you want to do? And what is getting in the way of it? What would you do if you weren't afraid to struggle at it? This is what we're all about. Today's guest is, it's, it's really cool, okay? So he's, uh, I, I would call him Ernest Hemingway of 2019. When I called him for the interview, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk. I'm in the forest right now hunting hogs in the Bahamas. And I was like, what, what's the problem with this guy? What's the deal here, okay? It's, it's, it's almost too much. It's almost too interesting. But I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. His name is Christian Pretorius. Christian is from South Africa. He is the manager of the Abaco Fishing Lodge in the Bahamas. He has been all over the world. Uh, You've probably seen pictures and Instagram pictures and you've seen him on websites of major fishing brands and sunglass companies and clothing companies. Christian is uh, a really, really interesting guy that has carved out a really uh, rich and wonderful lifestyle for himself. And the first thing I want to know is, okay, did this guy come from money? And if that would have been the case, I'd have probably wrapped the conversation up. And it it wasn't. It was a a series of choices of just the way he wanted to live his life. And he has been able to carve out um, just a way he wants to organize and live his life in places he wants, in beautiful places that he wants to be. I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Christian Pretorius. Let's go. What you know about me? Family, thank you. Welcome back to the Man Child Podcast. I am really super excited about our guest this evening. Christian Pretorius is the world's most interesting man, and he's going to tell you all about it. But he is an internationally known uh, fly fisherman, guide, and all-around outdoorsman um, pursuits of, of just really interesting things. Christian Thank you for your time. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, buddy. It's finding time that we, we made some time to do this, so this is awesome. Well, and the, just so that you guys understand how interesting this guy's like, I'm, he's like the modern day Ernest, <laughs> Ernest Hemingway to me. Because I'm like, hey, man, do you have time to do this thing? And he goes, well, I'm actually in the forest hunting hogs in the Bahamas right now. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> what is this guy's deal right now? But. Oh, it's awesome, man! <laughs> <laughs> so can you kind of wild, man? Like it's funny. It's it's funny, kind of when when people like say these things, like Ernest Hemingway and like legend in the game, and it 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 sounds cool, but it's at the end of the day, it's all just um, it's just the love of fly fishing, right? Like it's I've been fortunate to just 
my dad put a, hot, a rod in my hand when I was six years old, and uh, I just really fell in love with it. And one thing led to the next, and I just decided, like, I just want to do this for the rest of my life. And uh, it's been one hell of a journey, for sure. Well, take me through that. So how did you – you you were born in South Africa, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I was born in uh, in uh, South Africa, a little town called Pretoria, uh, where I actually grew up fishing for yellowfish and uh, rainbow trout, funny enough, in South Africa. Really? And your dad was a fly fisherman, outdoorsman? Yeah, absolutely. He still fishes, uh, still fishes and hunts, and he's also a very passionate photographer. So he's kind of uh, passed along all those um, those passions uh, to me, and I really just kind of grew up with those kind of things. Um, and yeah, so he's definitely the the man who who taught me everything I know. So he shows you, hey, there's this whole world out there that is possible for you to go pursue, and then it kind of got in your bones, and then you you went and took it to a whole other level. Yeah, I think um, I think in all honesty, my dad kind of realized that uh, at a pretty young age, I think I was probably around nine, ten years old, where I just couldn't stop fishing, and that's all I wanted to do um, or hunt, you know, depending on the, on the season. But it was I was always outside, and uh, I mean, at a young age, my dad just told me, "Listen, son, where's you going to do this? You're going to either become a professional in some field, you're going to make a lot of money, and you're going to be able to go on these trips and, and do what you love." Uh, or the other alternative, which was a really strange one, which doesn't really didn't exist in his era, and he just mentioned you can possibly become a guide, you know, and you live this lifestyle. And um, without a hesitation in my body, I just thought the guiding sounds way more fun. <laughs> and so I just started like that. That was my life goal, like to try and figure out what this guiding thing's all about. And um, here I am in the Bahamas. <laughs> you said something there that was really interesting to me. You said. And the second option, which really wasn't a thing at the time, right? You said it's not really, that wasn't really a thing people were doing. Yeah. I mean, the easiest thing to, easiest way to put it, I think, is for me, it's like I'm living my dad's dream. You know, if this thing was something that, that existed, um, especially coming from South Africa, it was, um, and I'm, I'm actually so fortunate nowadays, like to have so many South African fellow South Africans in the industry um, doing it with me. Um, so, but, but on another note, like, I mean, in South Africa, it just didn't have a lot of water to fly fish. So, um, there's opportunities and certainly for guiding too. I mean, it's, it's just something that's not known of. Like, it's not a job. Like, even when I go back home, sometimes people still ask me to this day, like, what do I do? What is it? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> they have no idea. Well, there, there's yeah. something, there's so, something um, that, that there's something really cool about that because you decided that you didn't care if this isn't really a job and it's not really something that people do where I'm growing up, I'm doing this. Um, so how did you come up? How did you, how did you come up with that mindset? Passion. Okay. Yeah, it, I think it was like, it was inevitable. Like it was something like the, the easiest way. Sometimes I just tell people it's not a backup plan for me. It's, uh, I didn't try something else and it didn't work out. Like this is why I missed all my time and effort in. So it's something you cannot go to school for. It's something you cannot study. Um, it really is just funny enough time on the water. And I did that as much as I possibly could. Um, and, I mean, there's various ways of doing it. You can just fish all life. But uh, there's also there's so many different kind of ways of trying to make a living doing what, doing what we love, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, through various forms, you know, like photography, writing, whatever. So I wanted to learn it all. I wanted to experience it all. And that's kind of still what I'm trying to do. 
And was this you learning like, all right, I can carve out a lifestyle out of this. Was that on the fly or did you have, um, did you have an idea that, okay, I think if I go do this and I take pictures of it, people are going to be interested in this and I can sell it to a magazine or did that just organically grow as you went? I would definitely say organically just kind of grown and became a, a big plan of mine. Um, but now it's it's more clear now to me than ever before because I have a lot of younger uh, kids and stuff ask me to like what the biggest word of advice for them now, and I pretty much tell them what I kind of did, and I didn't know I, I didn't even know I was doing it at the time, but is to tell your story, and uh, the easiest way to do that is with a camera and uh, taking. The higher the quality of the pictures, obviously, the better. Correct. But being able to film and take pictures and tell your story and to be able to show people what you do, I think that's the best way of, of really getting a lot of interest. And, uh, and yeah, just telling your story. That's pretty much it. So doing some research on you, you've, you've fished in like 34 different countries, right? Like you've fished for exotic species. You've been all over the world. Um, to be honest, I was I was pretty shocked when I when I when I calculated that myself. I, I didn't I didn't know it was that high already. Um, but I was asked to write an article or something, and they asked me how many countries I've fished, and I haven't counted. I, honestly, it's not something that I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I was pretty shocked when I saw it was thirty four countries. So that was exceptional, man. That's that's yeah. I'm lucky. Can I ask <laughs> you how? Can I ask? And if I'm being too forward, you tell me to shut up, and we'll, we'll hang up, and we'll be over. Yeah. But you, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 28. Okay, 29 so, in September. <laughs> you've you've fished in 34 <laughs> different countries. Uh, if yeah, and, and you're 28 years old, uh, are you are you rich? So are you from a rich family? Like, what's going on here? How's this possible? Absolutely not. Like me and a couple of buddies, we. I mean, there's a lot of trust fund kids in the industry, and we kind of just right. always love what they do. And uh, me and a lot of friends just kind of shake our heads and like, good for them, you know. But yeah. definitely not from a wealthy family. Um, I mean, they were always uh, enough money to get around, but definitely not wealthy, you know. Um, so the thing that I think where I kicked down a lot of countries was when I started uh, competitive fly fishing when I was uh, around 13 years old, and I started representing South Africa when I was 14. So through sponsorships, and um, I, m- I managed to get enough funding to be able to go compete in the World Championships, mainly in Europe. And so that's just in those couple of years between um, 2008 and 2016, I did a lot of countries because it was like every year it would be in a different country in Europe. So that, that's kind of where I picked a lot of boxes of countries that I would have never seen if it wasn't for fly fishing, which was exceptional. So how did you, you're doing this, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to all these places. How did you, how'd you live? How'd you survive? Like, how do you, how did you figure out, all right, I can afford this? Or did you, like, I mean, when you were first starting out, so, before you were... So, when oh. I, yeah. So, before I actually started making, funny enough, like, weirdly, I always had enough money to get by. You know, I started tying flies for people when I was, like, eight years old, nine years old. <laughs> I would tie flies and sell it to them, you know. I was always driven, like, entrepreneur. Never a lot of money, but I always had money. So that was, I felt like I would make my brother sandwiches and sell it to him. So I was always busy with something. <laughs> but anyway. Your brother's um, a sucker. So before I actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before I actually started like guiding full time, um, I mean, I started competing when I was still in school. So clearly through um, a bunch of really cool individuals who supported me and uh, saw my journey and saw me grow in the sport, they helped me a lot. Um, and then I just started kind of, 
guiding as soon as I could. And that was when I was 18. I started part-time guiding in Cape Town and on the streams and stuff like that. It's it's uh, This conversation would have went a completely different direction if you were like, my dad worked on Wall Street or whatever, and I'd have been like, all right, good night, thanks a lot. But you said... <laughs> I wouldn't have probably had time if that was the case. But I like talking to people. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, you, I mean, there, yeah. there's just it's very refreshing to hear. I did this purely on passion, and I didn't know what it was going to really turn into, but I knew it made me feel alive. And then... Uh, I just yeah. I just started doing it, and I figured out a way to make it the whole time, right? No, absolutely, man, one hundred percent, all passion driven. And I tell people more often than not, like it, it looks like a glamorous lifestyle. It's not one where you're gonna make a lot of money. It's purely passion driven, and it's a lifestyle. This is what it is. Like fly fishing, if you want to make a living in it, it's a lifestyle. That's all it is. Okay, so you what you've decided. You've decided to, you had two, literally you had two choices that your dad lays out. You can be wealthy and you can do these things or your wealth can be these experiences that you can have. Yeah, absolutely. And so you decided this is, yep. this is it for me, right? I I mean, I think I answered that question so fast. My dad was kind of shocked. Like <laughs> just, just as yeah. far as like, <laughs> I think I caught him off guard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the, so I'm and not being a creeper, but on your Instagram, you got engaged. So I think even more, Absolutely. even more amazing that you have created this uh, life of, of experiences and, and you're only 28. You've convinced a woman to go along with it with you. How did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so, and this, this is also a woman that didn't really know anything about fly fishing, you know? So um, I'm going to make a really long story pretty short, but uh, so, <laughs> It all started again. When I started guiding, I really loved what I did, but I always kind of with the eyes open to what you're going to do in the future. Like at a young age, I was lucky to hang around a lot of people that's been doing it a long time, and they would kind of mention to you kind of what's happening. Like, is this something you want to do for the rest of your life? And again, in my mind, I was saying, absolutely yes. Like, why would I ever do anything else? Mm -hmm. But you see all these other opportunities, like, I want to write for magazines. I want to take pictures. You know, I want to be able to sell pictures sometimes. I want to see different places. Um, and then also, ideally, like, as the years went on, you also value a little bit of stability. Like, in this industry that we have, that's so crazy. Travel all the time, you see all the amazing places, but stability is something that you really, truly value. Mm. And so, um, when I met Lindy, for two years, we... We kind of did a, a long day. We first, even before we got together, we kind of just said it's never going to work because I'm away for eight months of the year guiding 260 days on the water right. um, where I wouldn't see her, of course. And then eventually, kind of, we both just said, that, hey, let's do it again. And so for the first few years when we did it, um, I would phone her maybe once a week on the sat phone. And uh, for, so for two years, we had a long distance relationship. Uh, which, I mean, it's it's not easy and it's not for everyone, but we managed to make it through it with incredible stories. Um, I mean, the, one of my most memorable conversations I ever had on the sat phone was when uh, I phoned Lenny from Kamchatka uh, on the sat phone. And um, so I had about three minutes left on the phone and the conversation went something like, hey, how's it going? What's news back in South Africa? And the response was, uh, yeah, we bought a house. And uh, so my dad went and put a deposit on a house that I've never seen. <laughs> we spoke about your house. You bought your something. house. 
it's my house. I was part of this, like 50-50. And I, and, I, and I never even saw it. But now we look back and it was one of the best investments we ever made. So Lily's a super driven girl. Um, she joined me in 2014 uh, in the Seychelles. I pretty much told my, my boss, Peter, as you know, so I've got a lot of respect for and a really good guy in the industry. And I pretty much just told him, I don't think I can come back if Lily can join. Um, and he said, well, Funny enough, we need that. You need to go on the on the island to, to take care of all the all the stuff that guys don't want to do. And so it was kind of perfect timing. Uh, Lindy packed her bags, uh, but also before she packed her bags, she made a two-page like presentation for parents why she should leave her job and go do the social. So that was pretty funny. Okay, hold on, hold on. And, hold on. Uh, this is, this, I got th- this is awesome. She okay. She put together a presentation for her parents. Now, what of her? Well, okay, first of all, let's back up. Uh, is her dad around? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Both of them, mom so and dad. what did he think about this guy? She's she's seeing. He's gone for two hundred sixty-five days a year. He lives. He bounces all over the world. What's he think about that initially? I think. Um, I think that was kind of. That was the biggest question, of course, you know, like, um, but, but the thing is, I think you could also see how, how happy we were together when we were together. So time apart really doesn't matter um, because it's just about the circumstances. And it's really, I think um, he, he, he's, a, he's a guy that really likes adventure and he's always on little trips and stuff. So I think he, he jumped at the opportunity without a hesitation in his body. He said, absolutely, go for it, my, my kid, you know, like uh, go experience the world, you know. So fully supportive. Um, they trusted me, and uh, luckily, it kind of worked out. I would think so. We saw some cool places together, and yeah. I mean, six years later, we married. Now, she's my wife, and Congrats. so it's it's been a it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. Well, there's a theme here that you've got. You've, I mean, obviously, you're a dreamer, and you're, but you're not just dreaming. You're putting it into action. So is she. But you're, you both came from parents that value that as well. They value experiences, and they want it for their kids. Man, couldn't couldn't have couldn't have done what I've what I've done in my life without the support. Like my mom, especially, we always had something we we, we shared. You know, like my mom said, I've she she would allow me to do whatever I want. You know, like she's like, you can you you stay out as late as you can. Or as late as you want, you know, it, it was my decision at the end of the day. And she knew I had enough respect for it to never break the boundaries. You know, like I would to some extent. I mean, we're all kids. Right. Um, but I had so much respect for my parents that I would never go overboard. So that was the coolest feeling, that trust between us all. And it's, uh, it, I, I mean, it's the most valuable thing I ever had. Man, there's some there's some really because listen, you've you've probably done several of interviews and and articles and stuff about like, well, I like this fly. I like the idea of the life behind <laughs> of everything that's going on here. That's kind of why I'm digging into all these human things. Uh, Man, this is cool because again, it's it's out of the ordinary. It's not a, I'm not going to teach you how to do a knot, which I do on a daily basis. So this is very special. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, I appreciate that because what I think is. There is a there. There's almost a dangerous um, trend going on. Like I, I feel like saltwater fly fishing, especially on Instagram, exploded. Right? 
Like it became, the, you're, you're the coolest kid in school. I talked to a fly shop in Florida and they're like, we really only sell fly rods and Haller Brother gear to like 18 to 27 <laughs> year olds. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, it's so insane. Yeah. I, I, what I'm, what I worry about is are people going after these pursuits because they actually love them or because it looks really cool? You know, like what? Give me your thoughts on it. It's a very valid question. Yeah, so I think definitely there's there's ups and downs to everything, right? So, but Instagram for me, for for one, is is a platform where we can really make it cool. Like we can get even if kids don't really know what it's about, but it looks adventurous. It looks kind of nice. Right. Maybe at some point he's gonna pick up a fly rod because he saw. Maybe these cool-looking dudes, you know, holding crazy fish in exotic yeah. places, and like, wow, oh, that's cool. But they know nothing about fly fishing. So just introducing people, I think it's a massive tool for one. And I mean, managing a lodge um, in the Bahamas, this place we get so many beginners through here. We see a lot of people come through here that's passionate. Um, and just this week, I mean, if you hear all the noise in the background, this week we have 16 kids here between 15 and 18 years old. That uh, that just wanted to learn fly fishing, and oh, a lot of cool. them kind of signed up over in, over Instagram. So I think it's I a mean, valuable it's an, tool. It, it, I mean, that's the reason why so me and you are talking is because of Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. So it's it's a platform that can be really good, and it's a, it's a, I can't tell you how big a tool it is for me for the trips that I host. For instance, the information. I mean, I get to speak to guides all around the world. Mm. So we one big family of in the guide community, and I can answer so many questions to my clients that I ask the guides direct. You know, that like, you can't get from a travel agency or uh, or not as current as I can get of Instagram. Um, so it's a massive tool for me. Well, I guess that what I guess what I'm trying to get after with the with the Instagram culture of outdoors and things is, there, is there's two ways i feel like you can have a reaction to it like me i am extremely passionate about these on the water experiences and beautiful places and i really just feel like i'm just now getting started but at the at the very same time i suck <laughs> like i am i am horrible yeah. at it. like i because i i got into it and late. it really doesn't matter right <laughs> well okay why doesn't it matter the, the because you do it for the reasons you just mentioned, you know? So all the best. You're in the best place of your life right now where you can only get better, you know? Where I have seen people where they are really good and now they don't see the beauty of the places they go anymore. So which one mm. would you rather be? I would always rather be the guy who's in a really beautiful environment that appreciates what I do. Um, and, and I know I can always learn. So this is the best industry for that, you know? Like I can always improve. You can never know everything. Every single day is different out there. And so that's what I tell people too. I tell my guides here in the Bahamas is that we're in a very fortunate position where we see some of the wealthiest people in the rawest state of themselves, you know, where no one's going to judge them. I don't care how much money you have. The guy on my stuff, I know he loves what he's doing at this moment. Like, that's the coolest thing. Oh, I, there's a lot I want to unpack there. But before we get there, so the the interesting thing about what you're talking about is is I absolutely want to be that guy that is just super stoked the whole time because I don't know how you know if you you don't probably you don't you, you probably don't go a whole lot of inland United States but like I'm from Ohio 
right? Like I'm from the Midwest, okay. right? So some of the right things on. that we're talking about, like I got introduced this whole like world when I moved to Florida and I lived there for a while and, and I've bounced all over the country because I'm a, I'm a college football strength and conditioning coach that it, it, it brings, it bounces me and my family all over the place. But yeah. I, I picked up these experiences. I am from a place, from an area where I might as well be talking about aliens. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, this <laughs> life does not, it does not seem like th- that people don't look at it. Like there's no way I'm qualified for that. And they get very intimidated <laughs> by the Instagram culture of turning it into like the coolest guy on the flats or being a flats ninja. And I got all the cool gear. And what do you tell? You don't even know how to tie that fly. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't, but I still want to be out here. You know, and and, and so yeah. the the idea of turning it in, turning something that shouldn't be a competition into a popularity contest or uh, a, a pro yeah. staff competition to me is nauseating. I just wanted to get your take on that. No, no. So I think, um, well, you raised a couple of things differently. So I've, I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it both um, where I mean, you get those people that really just they are they are blinded by catching fish, you know, like they're so driven about being the guy holding the fish and looking cool on a picture, mm. which is which the is which yeah. you definitely see every day, and it and it hurts, you know, like it's something that we've definitely I've contributed to that um, in like making that a cool shot, but at the, at the end of the day, we do it for memories, you know, like I don't do it to look badass or it's it's yeah. it started off for me being able to go home and show my dad and my wife now what I've caught, you know, so. Sorry, that's part of it, but without a doubt, I could have a great trip with not catching a single fish. And uh, I loved it so much, obviously, fly fishing, that I just really wanted to be good and efficient, you know, like make the most of my time on the water. And funny enough, the more fish you catch, sometimes the more enjoyable a beautiful scenery can be, you know. That's <laughs> yes, why we're on the water, obviously, yes. to catch a fish. So I just, I just wanted to keep going to eliminate excuses, like... Um, but back to the question, I mean, you, you, again on Instagram thing. So if you get kids, the main thing is to get them to firstly pick up a rod. I don't care for what reason it is, if they want to look cool or if they want to catch a fish or be outdoors. That's, that, that you can decide later. But the key is just to get them involved in what we do and what we love. And you can shape them from there. You know, if you get in the right guide's boat, I'm hoping the guide will tell them, look around, you know, put your rod down. Look around. This is why we do this. So just getting kids to, to, to get fly rods, get them out, and you can shape them into people that really appreciate the outdoors. That's so you don't you don't idea. you don't care why they're there. You just want Not you, you just start, know I got to you know, get like them there. Every, everyone, as soon as that, I mean, I'm just happy if they can make it to my skiff someday because I will I will explain to them why we love it, and hopefully they go home after down the border with me and like holy crap. Like, I love it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you might not have caught a fish. That was always my goal as a guide is to be able to show someone a fantastic day. And sometimes that's without them even hooking a fish, you know? Um, it's really just to get through to them. And, uh, yeah, you can achieve that in various forms. What do you love more? Well, okay, I want to go back to the other thing first. You said we work with some of the wealthiest people or, you know, some of the most successful, well, whatever, you know, titans in their industry. Yeah. And you get them in their rawest form. They're they're purest, just who they really are when you put them 
on the front of that boat. Uh, take me through yeah. that. So that's the thing I've kind of been using a lot. I think um, I've just see honestly, I've had old, very successful people just get on my skiff and fart, you know, like smallest thing, but they don't care, you know. They are really just themselves. Like no one's there to judge. Um, as far as the one thing I never did as a guide uh, when I used to guide full-time is I never really like to ask people what they do for a living. Okay. I try to avoid that. You can easily pick up if people wanted you to ask the question, but uh, normally I kind of avoided it. Um, Why do you avoid then it? it's all a bit. Um, it, again, it depends. You know, like you could see it's later on you can replant a little bit better um, and it's, it's something that I didn't worry because it's his escape. You know, for a lot of people, it's the escape away from their daily routine. And as soon as you start asking questions, I've seen people how their minds start working again, uh, back to wow. work. So as soon as you start asking the question, I've seen people just switch off and you take them out of the moment. Um, so my goal always was to keep them in the moment, on the boat, on that day. And the longer you can do that, the more memorable the day is going to be. So that was, that was kind of my goal. There's something... One of the I, I sometimes I ask myself like, why do I like this so much? Because for me, there's a lot of there's a lot of, there's a lot of heartache and like I'm not good at it, right? Or it's I you know yeah. I, I I can't at this point Absolutely. in my yeah. life I can't afford trips to the Bahamas and I got two little kids and things like that. So like me, I'm not gonna be like it yeah. all. It almost would be selfish to be like you guys. You can't come. I'm going to the lodge and I'm going to chase bonefish or whatever. But yeah, I, I yeah. try to ask myself, why do I still like, why do I think about this all the time? And what I really think it is, <laughs> is there's, there's no pretending out there. Like it's, you don't, no. you're not trying to impress anybody. That fish does not care if I make $3 million a year or $40,000 a year. No, no, absolutely not. It's the healthiest environment. You know, and just a lot of most of fish i guess we pursue they really live in beautiful places you know so it's a very pristine fish they love beautiful clean water so and it's something i truly value too is the the, the, the more remote the places the better you know it's just something i really truly value do you think i always think about like how are we how are we actually supposed to be living right like if you before we invented airplanes and cars and all and we would still be hunting and fishing things so there's something. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the way I'm living. <laughs> yeah, like you, 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 you've decided to live this, you know, primal primal way. It's in our genes, right? It's 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 in everyone's genes. Like maybe just they haven't been exposed to it, you know. But it's in every single human being out there. It is the it, it is we've got it. We can't ignore the fact that everyone's got those kind of traits in them. So why? So why do we need to do it? Because I, I truly believe that I don't care if you hate, if you think you hate fishing and hunting or whatever, I put you in this place and we say we're going to go do this. I don't care if you if you if you live for it and you're you know super fish guy or you've never done it before in your life, you're gonna your heart rate is gonna raise and you're gonna be excited and you're gonna feel in the moment. Yeah, I mean. It, it, it's just, I mean, for me, it's, it's weird to answer that question even because it's like I can't even see myself. I can't even think about not doing it. And you said, you know, some days ask yourself, like, why do I do it? I 
ask that question a lot, you know. It's like I have no idea why this means so much to me, but it means the world to me. Like this is my, this is why I'm on this planet, you know. Like it feels like this is my only calling. I often like, I often just like thank my dad. Like after a phone call when I, before I hung up, I'm like, thank you. And he always still asks me why, for what? I'm like, for putting a rod in my hand. Like I have no idea. It was, it was always been between bow hunting and fly fishing. Like that is the, how did, you, how did you come to the conclusion? I mean, other than just like, holy smokes, this is such an awesome time. But how did you like, this is why I'm on this earth. How did you, because people are literally. I mean, how can you, 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 I think you just can't avoid that. Like I couldn't avoid the fact that I love something that much. or was that intrigued by something. And for me, at the start, again, I didn't, it's not like I caught a fish on my first day and I was like, the saying where people say I was literally hooked, you know, it was yeah. nothing like that. Okay. I was fascinated by moving my rod same to two, you know, to see how the line moves through the air. And I was like, I don't know if it felt like a ballerina or something, but it was just, I was intrigued by the line and what I was doing, even without a fly attached to my line. And my dad put me out, out of the lawn and we were casting rods for a long, long time before he took me to a little pond and I, and I just caught fish, you know. But I was truly intrigued by fly fishing, like the casting, motion, everything. And uh, I tied flies before I ever caught a fish. So I tied my first fly when I was five years old. My dad had a vice and put some feathers on a hook. And I mean, I could technically call it a fly. It didn't really look like much, yeah, yeah. but that was my first thing. And so for me, it's not only like when I, when I talk about fishing on the water, it's like I fish every day, you know, like I fish every they even are not on the water. I fish every night. You know, I, I think about fishing 24-7. Like, when, when I'm behind the vice, I tie my flies. You know, I always, I'm always fishing. Always thinking. <laughs> Was there ever a time when it looked like you weren't going to be able to do this? Um, There was. I think when me and Lindy started getting serious, you know, like your mind starts wondering, you know, you're thinking like, what is the purpose for me? Like, what should I be doing? Am I doing the right thing? Is it fair to Lindy? Is it fair to my family? You know, like I've, you know, I've just cut a lot of connections being so passionate with this lifestyle. You know, I've left a lot of friends behind in the past. And um, so there's definitely been moments where it's like, am I doing the right thing? But at the end of the day, again, I fall back to that feeling that I still have today. It's like that passion that I have for, for fly fishing, you know, like as a, when I was six years old, I still feel the same way. Probably more so when I passed my permit, but like I still have that feeling inside of me. <laughs> How did you come to terms with that? This is okay. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a crisis here. I don't know if I, if, am I just being selfish? Do I need, is this right for her? Is this fair to her? And how did you, how'd you work through that? I think, I think in a lot of cases, I've got the saying again, the universe takes care of me. You know, it's just like I, I get a little push from somewhere and it just pushes me in a different direction or some opportunity pops up. You know, it's so sporadic, but there's so many things that keeps pushing me back into this industry, which I just, I, you can't ignore those, those things. Like I'm a, I won't say a very spiritual, like I'm a pretty spiritual guy, but I yeah. really think that the universe just keeps keeping me grounded in this, in this industry. And, gives me a little a little push every now and then when I need it. Um, and it definitely, yeah, I mean, I... I, I yeah. How do you stay... <laughs> I definitely think so. How do you stay in tune with, like, like you said, you feel like the universe is trying to tell you something. How do you, how do you pick up on that? Like, how do you... 
how do you sometimes They're just working hard <laughs> at everything I do, just giving one hundred percent, you know, like just trying to be um just trying to be the best version of, version of myself that I can be in practice. You know, I wanna really just keep pushing. And sometimes on those on those slower times too, I just start writing. I start writing about past trips and uh hosted trips that I've done and the energy I get from those kind of things like just of how cool these experiences was, uh, that's a big like upper for me. It's uh it those things lift you up and it it just keeps me pushing again. I think that the number one like dropout factor, right? Like I tried it and I'm just not good at uh, it. Right? Like you said you yeah. work what are you working really hard at? At the moment? No, just like or at the moment or when you say I work really hard at it every day and that's how I stay in tune with the, what the universe is pushing I me mean, towards. I mean, in, in small things like so what I do at the moment managing the large, uh, me and Lenny managing Abaco Lodge, um, that is for me is being a really good teacher every day. I, I, it, and sometimes it gets overwhelming, you know, when you have 16 guests every week, new guests, they're coming, they're asking the same questions. Not to get frustrated, but keeping calm and really just being the best teacher you can be because people really love it. You know, people want to learn. And you're that guy. You don't realize sometimes how much they look up to you for, like, just showing them a simple knot. That's the simplest thing in the world. And not being frustrated when they can't do it, you know. So that's one form of it. But then again, every day I try to pick up a rod and just cast, you know. So, again, trying to eliminate those excuses and just uh, being as good as I can possibly be. You know, I really try and, and just improve on so many different skill sets. I try and tie a fly every single day uh, when I get some time. You know, if I got five minutes to kill, I'll tie a fly. So I don't read a lot of books, um, hopefully one day in my life. But uh, yeah, so that's another thing I can try and do, just learn reading more books. But fly tying, casting, helping guests keeps me busy. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to do with this podcast effort is to debunk this mindset that like some people are just good at this right like you what you've done over years and years and years is you've built a skill set and you paid for it with time and effort time and effort yeah uh so I, i mean so what do you say when somebody says oh i you know they're out there and i just suck at this you know like what do you say to them you know, it's, I, I, I always tell people, you know, it's it's not an easy thing we're doing. You know, if someone ever told you fly fishing is easy, they lied. You know, there's simple, there's there's definitely easier ways of catching fish. So firstly, I'm intrigued by the challenge, you know. Okay. Like, I'm truly, like, when someone says, I've got a challenge for you, sign me up. Most of the time, you know, like, I'm super intrigued by challenges. How did you so, become that guy? The, I have no idea. I I have no idea. I mean, I was probably always the one in the view of the fact that we're like, there's a really high cliff. Let's jump in the water from here. And uh, it's like, um, challenge accepted, you know, or like something like that. I wouldn't sound stupid, but I'm definitely the guy that want to push people to be better. And sometimes if I have to put myself out of my comfort zone, I like that, you know, like that's what really makes you the stronger version of yourself, I believe. So I've been pushed into a lot of... (laughs) uncomfortable situations <laughs> what makes you uncomfortable um just the unknown you know like for me when i was 21 i was inside um 
at a place called St. Brandon's in the Seychelles. And being hooked out at 21, I was just like living in this bubble where I didn't really know what it meant. Um, again, it, it's guiding at the end of the day, but there were so many responsibilities on my shoulders at the age of 21 and all the other guys who were older than me. So it was, without like really thinking about all the scenarios that could go wrong, it was always in the back of my mind. So it was really some place where you just always have to be on top of your game. Like, you're in the middle of nowhere. We're 28 hours sail by a boat away from the closest land. Um, no helicopter can reach us. So if things go wrong, they go horribly wrong. And so those kind of situations, and I've been in some massive storms and small skiffs when you just don't know what's going to happen, but you try and stay professional and focused and really do everything right. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of small things that happen that just kind of keeps you on your toes, but it's, yeah, it, it definitely makes you grow. I think when you when you walk away from those situations, there's there's growth in the discomfort, in the freak out, in the un, in the unknown. Yeah. How did you learn how to guide? Yeah. I've always wondered that. Like, how does the obviously you do it all the time yourself, but there's a big difference between you're doing it and putting the fly where it needs to be, and you know where to look, and you just even being yeah. able to see fish to been getting somebody that just got off an airplane and showed up at your lodge and, and making and making it possible for them to do it. How did you learn how to guide? I think um, learning how to guide, it's it's a gift. Um, to some extent, you can definitely pick up some tricks and stuff from other people um, as you go along and through more experience how to communicate with guests. But for me, it was the ultimate desire to, to really make people understand what the goal was like um and again it can be catching a fish or not you really have to be a chameleon like um adapt to the situation for some people it was catching a fish for some people it wasn't you know um so really adapting to the situation um and i really one thing i, I try and always do is being in the moment 100 percent. like when when they, when you guide someone i think they can pick up on that energy that you really care for them for that day uh, mm. so if they if you've got them for eight hours on your skiff that they have your full attention for eight hours i'm not going to think about and it's difficult to do you know when you guide for 260 days a year to have to be on your a game for 260 days a year is impossible yeah. right so to really try and mask those tough days i mean shit happens back home you know you might have an issue you might have a little fight with your wife or you might have yeah. some some issue but to really try and stay out of that and just show the guest your like your utmost energy, you know, like you're there for him for the day. You've got your attention. Like that was my goal. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with you're you're having a terrible day? You just you you don't want to be out there, but you've got somebody that's literally prepared to have the best day of their life. So how do you get you, yourself in the right mindset? Yeah. It's not easy, you know, like, and situations are different, you know. So there's some situations where you really can't ignore the fact that something mad, massive has just happened or you're in a really tricky situation. And I've, I've, I've had those moments where I really had to, I mean, where you had to call a day short, you know, because something happened. But if you've committed your time and investment and you've showed the client how much you value that day and how much you appreciate him spending the day with you, like every single time something's popped up, they would understand and they would say, man, by all means, go ahead. And I will like, they, 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 they got it. So if those days had like, I feel like if you give it, gave it your all, um, they would know, you know, like it's something you cannot ignore. And I see it with guides all around the world. There's always that guy that stands out. He just gives it a little bit more. And the people you, you can't ignore that. Um, people always see that.
really interesting stuff. Uh, you got connected <laughs> with because the reason I'm bringing this up is next week I'm talking with um, the chief marketing officer from Haller Brothers, uh, and, and okay, and you have a a bit of a relationship with them, correct? Absolutely, yes. How did you get in touch yeah, with those so, guys? So Howler, um, I mean, again, like I always refer to it as a small family, you know, and it's definitely part of my family. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think the initial connection came definitely, I loved what they did, you know, like I loved the brand. So mm-hmm. before I even met any one of them, I was just truly really intrigued by the design, the style of the clothing, and you really can't find it where I got it, you know. So in South Africa, you can't find it up till this day. You can't find it. And so um, I think the biggest connection I made was through Oliver White, who has been involved with them for much longer than I have. Um, of course, he's been there kind of from the start with them. And uh, so he introduced me to, to Rick, um, who I met first. And I mean, it, you couldn't ignore the fact that the guy was just a super nice guy. And um, so it's one thing being able to get free clothing, but it's one thing to really love the people behind it. Um, so these guys are, they're the reason I'm there. You know, that's the reason why I wear their stuff. It's, they make cool shirts, but at the end of the day, like they're, they're people I want to hang with. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not the guy who's just going to grab free stuff because I like it and it's free. Right. Um, so yeah, no, these guys are truly legit and, uh, I love every second I get to spend with them. So yeah, just love what they do. Well, they're doing some, they're just the, the, the aesthetic and the vibe and the, the feeling that you can, whatever experience you, you see it kind of bleed through everything that they put out. There's a certain type of appreciation yeah. for art and aesthetic appeal. I feel like in fly fishing, that's, that seems to stand out more than the other outdoor pursuits. Would you agree with that? I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a, a big part of the fly fishing industry. That's a fashionista scene. I mean, they want to make statements. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm still kind of sometimes shocked about it, you know, like where people would color code and really go out the way to make <laughs> sure they look nice when they hold a fish. Um, so I think, I mean, a lot of people's done that, um, probably myself included in some stages, but it's, it's really, um, for me, the one thing that I, especially talking about Hollow Brothers, is just their story too. How Chase, he was, he's been a designer and he, he had this idea and he had this pattern and uh, he got all the material and the fabric and he, he laid his idea to a, to a, to a bunch of guys and they just laughed in his face, you know, and said like, this will never work kind of thing. And just staying true to what he really liked. Um, I cannot ignore that, you know, like that is just something that I will always value in anyone. They truly believe in what they do, um, and I can I can relate to that on so many levels. From fly fishing, you know, where um, where certain people have told me like, "What are you doing with your life?" You know, like you truly think this is the right thing, and uh, just keeping pushing hard, working hard, and just proving people wrong. And uh, okay, okay, and so, that's not the goal why we do it. <laughs> no, but it is a little. It fans your flame a little bit. Why are, why were people approaching you and saying, "What are you doing"? Or, or what was the context? So, I think it's just so unknown, you know. Like, it, and it was—I would say most of the time that happened was more in a joked way and just a way that they have really no idea what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially, I mean, I had a lot of older clients too that asked me, like, kind of, so what are you going to do? Uh, 
when are you going to find the real job? You know, like stuff <laughs> like that. And I was just kind of smoking. I said, this is it for me, you know. Um, and, and who knows? I mean, this thing might lead to the next, but I think I'll always be involved in the fashion industry. I cannot... I cannot be out of this environment. It's <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> well, that was one of the reasons that I, I wanted to pursue this conversation with you is because you and your lifestyle is, is challenging to me, right? It's like basically it's like yeah. I was trying to wait for the statement that's like that gave me a free pass to why you got to do it and I didn't. You know what I mean? It's like I'm looking yeah. for like, yeah. oh, well, he just had a whole bunch of money so he could just do that, right? And I think a lot of the times yeah, no, no. these these things, like you're doing stuff that, at least me, I, like how and, and how you're living life, like that's how I want to live life, right? So how's he doing that and I'm not, right? And so we look for, I think yeah. we, we try to write things off as that gives us an excuse why we're not doing it. So your lifestyle challenges yeah. people, right? Uh, and Man, I hope that's the goal, you know. <laughs> so how do we, okay, if you were giving somebody an advice, so, go ahead. Yeah. So I think, um, so anyone can do it. I think still, still to succeed this day, I look back to a lot of folks that I started off with. So they were older than me, but they're living much longer than me. But they were, they were, I think they were so stuck in the moment too that they never got out of the moment. Um, in the, in the sense that they just couldn't move forward, mm. that they enjoyed it so much just for what it was that they didn't really want to really pursue making a living from it. Um, and being a guide is one thing, but truly making a living from the industry, I think it means something different. You know, being a guide in, in one area for the rest of your life, I, I couldn't do that. Um, because mm. I'm just intrigued by everything about the sport, every single facet of it. So I want to be able to tick all the boxes and try and learn. And uh, in doing that too, I would never, I would never, I would never know it all. So that's something again that drives me. So I think to get back to your point, like anyone can do it. It's just you got to work hard, you got to pursue, and you really got to just be something unique and try and be a unique product and different. Um, in my way, I think a lot of my fellow friends who kind of, who's doing the kind of the same thing it was always one thing it was just working hard um and just definitely taking chances too you know like taking opportunities that you really didn't know if it was the right one and just making making moves um definitely one thing in the industry is meeting the meeting the right people along the way i think yeah. um that's that's the case for many people where they will open up doors and you can only really get those people to open up doors if they valued your hard work. Um, I've seen that more than more than once in my life, where the hard work was was the key um, to really getting people to to see me. You know, like do what makes me different. That I wasn't scared to stay half an hour out uh, more on the water when the other guys kind of came back. I would I would I would stay out until my guests were satisfied and. Um, I think that was it always goes back to hard work. The hard work sets the table for the next thing to happen in your life. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like if you're yeah. waiting I for think the... that, that's Go ahead. Yeah. In 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 short, I think if I had to say one thing how you're gonna how what helped me where I am to now is the people I've met along the way. Um and that's still one of my favorite things about what I do to this day. Um, is the people I get to spend time with. And 
like I just said earlier, like my fly from family. And uh, Oliver, for one, is one of those people who just I've learned so much about the business life, um, things that I never I never knew, you know, like and it's all again through fly fishing, which is insane. I've learned so many things about life, but it's through fly fishing, which is always cool. Something my like my language, you know. <laughs> Are you Oliver White? Is that yeah. You? Okay. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, there's, there's... He's been a pretty big mentor for me. Really? How so? Um, so when I, I, I always knew who he was, he's got a pretty big name in the industry. Right. Um, just how he kind of got to where he is now. And, uh, you could appreciate the guy, I mean, both buying a lot or starting a lot at the age of 27 in the Bahamas. He's got some kind of a background. And I, for one, know that it wasn't from a wealthy family background. So they already intrigued me to how to become that guy. And so when I had the opportunity to guide him the first time in uh, 2013, um, it was on St. Brandon's when I guided him. And same thing, like I just went out of my way to show this guy the best day of his life. And unfortunately, I couldn't achieve that because the weather just didn't allow it. Um, so it was really challenging conditions. But still, I think what, what he valued was the hard work and my, my like never give up attitude. And um, we just stayed in touch. And... I guided him the following year in Kamchatka in Russia. And I always, I mean, honestly, I try and do that kind of every single day I guide it to give, give it my all. And so one thing led to, led to another, and he just offered me a job in the Bahamas to come manage his lodge. Um, and apart from that, too, he's given me so much advice about just bigger decisions that I've had to make um, next moves. You know, he always gives his input, and he's got a really strong opinion of, about certain things. So... I really value that. And you got to learn the guy. You got to learn how to communicate with him because he's got a, like I said, he's very opinionated. Um, but I, I value that. He's he's proved himself. <laughs> there are some themes that I'm going to take away from this conversation as to, uh, because what yeah. I want people to be able to do is is even if you're not into fly fishing, I want you to be able to hear this kind of conversation and be like, these are the things I, these are the tools I would take from Christian that would allow me to construct the lifestyle that I'm passionate about. Right. And cause I think there's so, yeah. there's so many problems that people have in their lives, in their relationships, in their parenting skills is because they, they are not happy with who they are and they settled on absolutely a lesser version yeah. of themselves. Right. So right first, on, yeah. first and foremost, what I see with you is you, you're, this whole drive is to you have a picture of what the best version of you should look like. Correct. I would think so. Yeah. And so you go looking towards that, of course. Right, right. What I'm saying, but that's what you're, I'm saying like, just like if we, if we were looking out of the boat and you, we can see our destination, you see that guy up there and that's what you're trying to chase down. Oh, I would think so. Yeah, there's that there's that vague figure, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And the other one is you did not give yourself a plan B. I that's probably a lie, you know. Like I I uh, <laughs> Okay, I never mind. Everybody erase that one. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, what, no. So, what, bow hunting, bow hunting is yeah. Well, what I'm saying is you didn't be like, "All right, if this doesn't work, I'll go work at no. the bank, right? 
No, absolutely not. So I actually went to study, you know, like I studied landscape architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, again, that was out of respect for my parents. My mom and dad knew I was going to be a fly fisherman and I'm going to try to do it for as long as I can. And I really did it to set my parents at ease before I headed into the wilderness, you know, where it might have been, like on the water, off the water, in the jungle, in the forest. I don't care. But they knew I was going to go somewhere yeah. <laughs> out of, out of, out of service. So I went to study. I finished my degree in landscape architecture. Um, even my professors at uh, varsity knew that, um, I was a fly fisherman and I was going to come, come pursue this. Um, so yeah, they supported that. Um, my parents supported it and I, I went to study just to set them at ease. And I mean, if I could go back, I would probably honestly just start a guiding straight away <laughs> because the sooner I could get on the water, the more I could learn and just get better. But again, I, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you, 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 have got this idea of who you want to be. You, you, it, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. I'm doing this. And then the gasoline that drives the whole ship is just work, work as hard as you possibly can. I think that's like, that's like key for everything in life, right? If you want to be successful at it, you got to give it your all. If you're going to do it half-assed and just hold back, you know, like maybe it's not going to work out. How could you ever be? the best you can be in that industry what mm. do you what do you think it obviously and you correct me if i'm wrong it has not always just been walking down the yellow brick road oh i met this guy and then i got to go to russia and then i got to go to the bahamas and then i got to go to africa and then i got to go to the amazon right there was there was things were hard right you had to fight for absolutely no there were certain things i think i think honestly in all honesty i've had it i've had it really good um i've been very lucky i've made some really difficult decisions as far as changing jobs and changing guide destinations but for most part i've been really really fortunate um that things have just worked out pretty good but by all means um i've had seasons cut short you know where you rely on the season of nine weeks as income and it gets cut to like one week um, because there was a cyclone that moved through. Um, and so those financial kind of um, barriers are, are, are is definitely a real thing, you know, um, where we, we work for the day, you know, like you depend on tips and stuff like that to make a living. Um, so that's, and there's a lot of weather factors that come to play, you know, like, so you can't, you can't beat Mother Nature if she decides game's over, like game's over, um, your season's done. So I've had that. And um, so those are the obstacles. And again, my biggest obstacles have always been to try and pursue that balance, balanced lifestyle in this industry. Um, and that meant that I had to make sacrifices for, in the form of holding back. So we had opportunities to go do certain cool things and I just decided not to because I had to go see my family. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I really, that's something I do more and more because again, there's more to life than just fly fishing and i realized that the more i do it but and so now it's finding those really cool valuable situations where i can go do something for two weeks get back home for two weeks go away for two weeks and uh, try and avoid those really long stints out in the middle of nowhere Um, i've got too much respect for my wife and my family to be able to do those things anymore your your life and your job especially seems like you could you could easily fall victim to like fear of missing out like fomo right like you could absolutely. be absolutely yeah so how do you deal with that 
Um, it's tough, you know, like it's, um, it's also exciting, you know, like FOMO, I've got a lot of buddies. We're always just like friends who you'd kind of send the picture to first, you know, when I catch a permit or something, you know, I've got a handful of friends that would message the picture straight away just to make them, to give them FOMO, like straight away. <laughs> right. And um, so those things, keep you, keep you, I mean, it keeps you pushing, you know, like it's also motivation in a sense. I see everything as motivation just to kind of keep going, you know, keep crushing. Like when someone catches a cool fish that I've always been dreaming about, Sure, I'm jealous as hell, but that's cool. I'm so stoked for him, and um, it just wants to keep you going. So FOMO is definitely a thing. I mean, I, you, in this industry, you definitely you can deal with it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know how I deal with it. It's tough sometimes, but it's it's fun. You know, it's fly fishing. It's about a fish. Right. Does it <laughs> so ever get deeper than that? Me. Are you ever are you ever in a beautiful place and you feel guilty? And then you, because you're not home, and then are you ever home and you wish you were in that place? Like, do you, you know what I'm saying? Always. Always. Like, that's, that's <laughs> well, that the sounds hard. Thing. Like, that's the constant challenge I face. Yeah. So it's like in Kamchatka, when you're there, you really miss home and your, your girlfriend at the time or whatever. But then you're home and you miss Kamchatka. So it's like, it's all balanced. It's just a figure out how to find that by right timeline, you know? Like so when you're, both. when you feel so, those feelings in both places, are you, are you happy at either place or you're happy at both places, but it's just, that's always going to be an emotion that's right next to you. No, you're happy at both places. But again, like I think it's again. We lost him. Hey, Luke, sorry, man. I don't know what happened. Hey, you're all right. You're, a, you know, there's a little bit of a body of water between you and me, so it's okay. <laughs> we are in the Bahamas, so yes. everything can fail. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, yeah. You were talking about the, the you're, you're happy in both places, finding the balance, even though you kind of, at the same time, you wish you were with your family. When you're with your family, you wish you were on the water, finding that balance. Yeah, so it's so the, the goal for me definitely one thing that I could definitely point out is the goal, the everlasting goal for me is to find those really special short seasons. Or if you can guide like the heart of a season, you know, every destination has that really peak time, and that's my ultimate goal as a guide to be able to be in that fortunate position where you can, all right, I'm gonna come in for four weeks like guide this time of the season it's so selfish in so many ways because there's people that that like do the whole season and they want to be there that time so it's a completely selfish <laughs> completely ridiculous statement to make but that is like the ultimate goal to be able to like all right i'm going to mongolia for four weeks all right then i'm going to Kamchatka for three weeks like just short stints where you can still jump back home spend time with the family and to some extent, that's something what I'm working towards, like finding those small gaps that I could guide to keep me in that moment, but also short enough to keep me really uh, happy on the emotional side with my family and my wife and stuff like that. Do you plan on having kids? Absolutely, down the line. So I would that... love to do the same thing my dad did to me. <laughs> right. Because that's going to get even more interesting yeah. when, you're, when you're traveling as much as you do. Without a doubt. Like, 
that'll be the biggest game changer without a doubt. But I look forward to that, like that challenge, what it might present, but also just having, I mean, a little me, uh, whether it be a girl or a boy, just like my blood running around. You know, it's uh, it's something I cannot wait for that day. But at the moment, I have to wait for that day. <laughs> so right. hopefully we, we're ready for when it comes. But we're definitely excited to have kids one day. One of the fears I have is like, and I'm only 31, but it's like I didn't I didn't grow up in this, right? Or I I but yeah. I still I still want to be a part of this world. Is it too late, right? Is it too late for someone to crack into living this kind of life? It depends on what you mean, like this life. Like, is it a guide life, making a living from fly fishing, or just becoming a really passionate fly fisherman, or what? What? What would you say? What's that statement? I don't know. Like, is okay. Let's just theor- play theor- <laughs> Let's play theoretics here. Is can someone later in the game, right? That isn't they weren't doing it since they're in their eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old when they can just pound the pavement. Can somebody and pursue maybe it's not their full-time thing but at least could they could they train themselves I think up so. enough to be a I guide think, i think the one thing you're always you're always gonna have when you're 18 19 i mean i've got a bunch of like 15 to 18 year olds running around now is the amount of energy you have to burn at that age is insane you can't ignore that you know so mm-hmm. the older you get the, the physicality of what we do is real i mean it is it is definitely real i've still got back problems now from carrying backpacks loaded with camera gear in the Seychelles, waiting like five to seven miles a day, you know, in the water. So it's very, very physical. Um, that's something that no one ever really sees. I mean, it's it's a very physical lifestyle, demanding lifestyle, not a lot of sleep. Um, if, you, if you're thinking about doing it right, I mean, you've got to be willing to, 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 to do the hard, like the hard yards, you know, uh, put in the effort. So, but I think, I mean, in all honesty, it depends on your drive. You know, if, you, if you're a driven human being, and you decide, I really love what I do and I love fly fishing and I'm going to figure it out and find a way to do it. There's so many gaps in this market that I think you can. Like, if you be that guy that really kind of just shows your passion you have and you don't have to be the best fly fisherman, that's something a lot of people need to kind of understand too. Like, for you to be a good guy, it doesn't mean, have, doesn't mean you have to be a good fly fisherman or fisherman or catch a lot of fish yourself. If you're a good communicator, a good teacher a passionate human being like those are the things that a lot of people value more because i mean yeah 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 that's obviously if you fish and you you got more you can you get get more to offer your clients if you're a good fisherman you know but you gotta you're gonna learn a fishery anyway we've said good guides out of people that didn't even know how to hold a fly rod you know so really you you have guides that didn't know how to hold a fly rod and now they're out guiding people we still have yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's guys that learned it from, learned casting from the clients. Like, by oh. watching the clients how to cast a fly rod after time. Like, in the Bahamas, it happens a lot. Where the, where the, where the guides would learn from the guests, watching them, how the rod moves, what he did, and the line kind of, this, when he did this, the line did something really good, you know, and they pick that up and they make their own form of, of casting and they, they, they become a fly caster. By so, watching the clients, so what is which the, is pretty insane. What is the system like? If I was, uh, is there like a farm league? Is there a, a a minor league system to where guys get? I mean, do you just show up and say, "Hey, I'm ready to be a guide. I you don't have to pay me for a little bit." Just so teach that's me. The, 
that's the, the that's the difficulty, you know. Like you got to be able to. When I started, I was willing to guide for nothing, you know, just to see places. So that's again something that becomes really difficult when you already have like a house or a family to take care of. So to be able to just take those big leaps and uh, be willing to start from the bottom, which I think every guide should, you know, if you start guiding, you can't just jump into the into the big league and guide. Um, you got to right. prove yourself, right. which takes time. You know, I would say it takes at least five years. At least where you can, we can, you can really talk the talk and you've sweated, you've bled, you know, like you've, you've had bad, really bad days, you know. Um, so I think that's, those are the things that grow you and make you stronger and make you better. Um, but there's definitely like potential for that. Like me and Oliver and Yaku, uh, we've been talking a while about starting a really advanced guide school. Um, for this exact reason, you know, if someone, if someone in the middle class, uh, one, two, or like the middle, like the older, older than I am, for instance, let's just say like 35 or something like that. Or let's put no age to this, you know, like this is for anyone that, that wants to get to know what guiding is about. And it'll be a really intense course, you know. It's like when you, it's a course for professional, if you want to be professional in this guiding industry. So it'll be, it'll be, it's something that we're still working on, but I think there's a gap for that. I think there's certainly a space in this industry for that because uh, so much of the of of the struggle for me has just been like I wish someone would just tell me if I'm doing this right right now <laughs> you know what I mean it's like yeah. I wish I knew I wish, no. I, I wish I had just a little bit more information right now and then because when no, I, it's have that, then I have that yes yes that's where confidence comes from is somebody saying yeah that was right that was wrong here's what i would do here that kind of stuff to me is everything yeah a day feels successful when i've learned something like if i don't learn anything new and it can be in many forms like managing a life learning something comes in various forms from like plumbing to electrician to anything so it's been it's been a wild ride but it's uh I love learning. I love learning from, and I also love spending time with passionate people. Like that's something that I really get a lot of energy and I feed from that, you know, when, when you, when you meet people that's passionate about what they do. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be fly fishing. So I really enjoy seeing people love what they do. Well, man, I could I could totally nerd out and just talk to you all night about stuff, but I know you're a busy man and I don't want to take your whole <laughs> evening. So uh, this has been really, really incredible. I've, more than gracious with your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, no did you worries, get man. a hog last Anytime. night? I did not. No, I ran. It was a, it was a surreal experience. I'm not gonna lie. I wish I had pictures and been able to document the whole thing, but uh, there were five, uh, four shotguns involved, four do- four dogs. Uh, <laughs> Full bang and rednecks and um, myself and one American kid and uh, it was it was a really cool experience. We saw two hogs. Uh, I feel very lucky for the hogs; they got away. Um, but yeah, we might go again tomorrow and uh, try it again. <laughs> well, thank you for um, the way. Thanks for just the way you look at life and the way you've decided to to live it and making it. Uh, you know, clear to people that this is this type of living is a, is available to you if you're interested, if you're if if you're willing to do some uncomfortable things for a while. It's really cool. It's really and then I think anything in life possible if you set your mind right. If you set your mind right, right? Your body's a mind and body's a strong tool, so anyone can do it. But uh, yeah, I, I still still feel fortunate every day the life I live, and uh, again, hard work and anything you do, like get to be. 
This has been really good, really, really inspirational for me because I feel like I'm not, uh, I'm no, I'm not as disqualified from all of it as I thought I was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not, man. Hope to meet you in uh, in person one day and uh, maybe share yeah. a skiff, you know. Yeah, so yeah, that <laughs> would be, be awesome. awesome, awesome, Christian. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Appreciate it.